What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dishes and Dimes podcast. I'm your host, Christian Oblena, and today is Wednesday, October 21st, and we are about a week and a half officially into the NBA offseason. Um, not a lot of stuff going on, just a lot of rumors and talks and you know just predicting what can happen next as we're moving into less than a month left until the nba draft um, i'm doing my research i'm having a lot of fun even though this draft may seem like i mean it is it there's there's not a zion there's not an anthony davis there's not a transcendent number one pick here um and even in the last couple of days you know the wolves at the first pick have been thinking about even trading down. Um, I know the Warriors, there's some rumblings about, you know, they could even draft uh, James Wiseman, who has been skyrocketing in a lot of mock drafts after his uh, pre-draft workout, which turned out to be really good for him. Um, But we'll get into that in the next couple of weeks for the draft. Um, We've had... A couple of news items here, especially this week, uh, the past two days, we got the coaching situations of the Pacers and the Pelicans uh, being figured out today. The Pacers signed Raptors assistant Nate Bjorkren. Um, He was a lot of people, a lot of reporters or what I've read and heard is that he is like a nick nurse clone they think exactly alike um he was the one who kind of suggested the box and one defense against steph curry in the nba finals in 2019 um i'm assuming they think alike on the offensive end as well um and the report from bleach report uh said that the sixers uh, assistant ime udoka was also someone that the Pacers were looking at. Um, Mammy's Heat assistant Dan Craig and New Orleans assistant Chris Finch were all other finalists. So a lot of assistant coaches, there were three other guys that would have been their first head coaching job too. Um, and this is, you know, the first step into a lot of different Pacers things you have to figure out this offseason. Uh, just going into more of Bjork, uh, Bjorkren, he's had a lot of coaching experience in the G League under Nick Nurse and as an assistant for him and even for Jeff Hornacek with the Suns when he was the head coach uh, earlier in the 2010s. And he learned a lot from Nurse. I mean, he was on the championship team with him. I'm sure he could bring a lot of knowledge to the team that has, you know, the Pacers that has a ton of questions entering this offseason, obviously. The Pacers have some other roster issues to figure out this offseason with some of their players really being uh, interesting free agent or trade pieces. And we'll get into that a little bit later when I talk about more of the free agent stuff and the trades, the interesting trades I could go on of this offseason. Next up, obviously this morning, uh, the Pelicans hired Stan Van Gundy, who this year was on the TNT broadcast team. His last coaching job was for the Pistons uh, when he was the coach and also the president of basketball operations, which, you know, when you have those two prominent roles in a franchise, 
in the same person, it almost never works out. I think Tom Thibodeau was an example of that for the Wolves. He was the president of basketball operations and also the head coach. That didn't work out. And when you put one guy, oh, and Doc Rivers was another guy that was given general manager uh, duties when he was also the head coach. And it just never works out. You know, uh, you need two separate guys who believe in the same thing and who believe in the same vision to have that work out. You can't have it be one person or else it's just, it's too hard. It's way too hard to be doing that. Uh, Van Gundy's, his Orlando tenure was great up to, you know, he he coached them all the way up to the finals in, tw- in 2009. You know, it was great up until all the stuff with Dwight Howard um, and how that ended with, with that relationship there and how he kind of forced his way out of Orlando. Uh, the upside to Van Gundy and his coaching style is interesting just because, you know, he's learned a lot from those experiences with the Magic and then with the Pistons. And what'll be interesting to see is if he can em- emulate something like what he had in Orlando uh, with Dwight surrounded by four shooters. You know, he had Jameer Nelson and Redick and Richard Lewis and Turkaloo and even like Rafer Alston and Mikel Petris. And a young Courtney Lee on that team, all perimeter guys or perimeter ex, you know, centered guys with a dominant big man in the middle. And, you know, in, in New Orleans, you don't have that dominant big man, but you do have Zion and you have this inside outside threat of, you know, Zion drives, um, Jew holiday on the, on the perimeter, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo ball, who, Again, this summer is working on his jump shot. And, you know, we've seen the past few summers of him shooting in an empty gym. And I think this picture on Twitter of Ben Simmons and Lonzo Ball working out together. And it was like, it was like, oh, the rim, <laughs> the rim is out two to four weeks or, you know, just these brick type jokes. I thought that was really funny. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, he has a great young core one of the best young cores, probably the best young core in the NBA. And he has a transcendent star in Zion. He has a rising star in Brennan Ingram who made his first all-star appearance last year. Uh, maybe they have a move to make with Drew Holiday. Maybe he's a trade piece this offseason. I don't know. Um, and you got this team that can grow in the next year or two and become a contender in the next few years you know even though the west is very stacked um it can be a great turning point for them it's really just based off of if van gundy can really elevate ingram and zion you know if he can put in a system where they can all flourish and then also play some defense while they're at it but you know, it's it's a turning point. And I think Van Gundy is a type of guy that has a knowledge and he has a way to make this team work. It really just comes down to the young guys buying in on him because, you know, as vet guys, they probably know Stan as being a pretty good head coach. Young guys probably see him, you know, with his struggles in Detroit. Um and then that whole situation there, and then with the Dwight stuff, 
uh, he hasn't had the best decade coaching wise. So who knows? It works out. I won't be surprised if it works out. I won't be surprised if it ends up being kind of a dumpster fire, you know, but he's signed for four years. I don't know the, I don't think they posted the, how much he's going to make, but he's going to be down for four years. So who knows? Maybe this can be a great turning point for the Pelicans. Um, Other, you know, f- you know, while we're on the topic of front office and coaching uh, changes, we obviously know that last week, uh, Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, he stepped down uh, after 13, 14 years with that team. And, you know, his resignation is official on November 1st. So for now, he's still helping out the franchise and the owner, Tillman Fertitta, with finding the Rockets a new head coach. Um, as you know, Maury has had a couple rough years these past few seasons for the Rockets starting out this past season with that tweet about Hong Kong and how that lost so much money for the NBA and, you know, China banning the NBA throughout this whole year. And, you know, his his trade for Russell Russell Westbrook, uh, he traded away CP3 and, you know, getting CP3 after trading all those assets, um, which almost became a great move because they almost beat the Warriors in 2018. And, you know, as much as someone doesn't agree with Maury's philosophy, you can't deny how much impact he's had on the last decade of basketball and the change that has happened with threes and the way, you know, we see players and analytics and, you know, he was a huge driving force in that huge driving force in that. And when we look back in the next 20 years or so on this change that the 2010s happened in the NBA, how, you know, we're looking more about versatility and small ball and three pointers we're going to point to Daryl Moore as one of the kind of the pioneers in terms of seeing basketball that way and changing the way the game is played and valuing corner threes. Like his way of thinking has given value to a lot more players in the league. Yes, it devalued some big men, um, but... You know, I guess that it was a push and pull type of move, type of um, change in the NBA. You know, guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, PJ Tucker, um, Jeremy Grant. You know, guys like these um, these forwards or these wings that are around the six five, six nine range and can defend and shoot threes at a average rate, like they have so much value like PJ Tucker is so much is so valuable in today's league because he can stand in the corner and hit those corner threes at a 35 40% clip and then also you know really make an impact on defense with hustle and everything like that like guys like Daniel House um just the list goes on and on Robert Covington the list goes on and on with with types of guys like that that Maury has given value to. And, you know, that's something to be proud of and it's something to um, give credit to because he's a smart guy and 
I think the ESPN article, I read it and it said that, you know, he's, he's not ruling out a future return to the NBA, but he's a really smart guy and he's been involved, I think with baseball statistics earlier, uh, before basketball. So he is just trying to find another professional, uh, direction and that's totally fine because he's had some success in the NBA and a good amount of it. So I think the, so in that article, Houston is actually promoting all of their guys. Um, they're not trying to find a new general manager. The Rockets are promoting executive vice president of basketball operations, Raphael Stone and Stone, who was a former uh, college basketball player and he's a Stanford law graduate. Um, He's served on the Rockets General Council since 2005. And so, you know, he has definitely learned a lot from Daryl Morey. And, you know, what direction does he put this team in? Does he continue this kind of way of thinking? Um, Houston is also promoting Eli Whitus to assistant general manager. So they're all getting guys in the front office that have been there for a while. They're only looking for a new head coach, maybe a coach that can elevate Harden and Westbrook. Um, Jeff Van Gundy, uh, Dallas assistant Steven Silas, and Rockets director of player development John Lucas are all the three names really tied to the Rockets' new head coaching job. Van Gundy had his second interview last Thursday, and Silas had his second interview uh, last Friday. And you know, there's a, there's a possibility that the Rockets keep the same formula of how they want to win since. They're just promoting all the GM positions in-house. And if they hire Silas from Dallas, you know, who's another team that has that one main superstar ball, ball handler in Luka Doncic. And, you know, they play sort of the exact same way in terms of, a, you know, a ball-dominant star with a lot of role guys standing in the corner. Um, and so that way of that style of basketball is still possible in Houston, no matter who the head coach is. Um, you know, it'd be interesting just to see if they hire Jeff Van Gundy just in terms of culture change, since Jeff Van Gundy was known to be helping in those nineties Knicks teams with Pat Riley and, and all the toughness and grit and grind that they had. Um, in those 90s Knicks teams and even being the head coach in the late 90s when they made the finals in 1999, the lockout year. Uh, as the eighth seed, they made it to the finals, losing to the San Antonio Spurs. So, you know, the Rockets can turn this situation and may not be a different team next year. Maybe they 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 roll in with the same, you know, concepts, same philosophy. And with a full year, maybe they add someone, I don't know, um, maybe they trade someone, maybe they trade Westbrook to a desperate team like the Knicks. Or, you know, I don't think they're going to trade Harden. There's some rumblings about that. I don't think it's ever going to happen, though. Okay, but moving on to some interesting stories and offseason rumors with trades and free agency. Um, number one on my list right now is is Oladipo, Victor Oladipo. Uh, there's been a lot of trade talk, trade buzz throughout NBA sources and reporters from what I've read and listened to uh, in the past couple of days. You know, after coming off that long injury in the bubble and he wasn't at all close to what he was before the injury, obviously he does um, 
you know, does Indiana take a chance and give him the max after this year? Excuse me. Um, he is a unrestricted free agent in 2021. Also the year Giannis is the biggest free agent. And, you know, the reason to resign him at all for the Pacers is that you still haven't really seen a fully healthy Pacer team with all their core guys, Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, Turner. But, you know, is that worth it to wait and re-sign him? Um, they even have this Turner-Sabonis situation to figure out. A Sabonis has risen up to being an all-star now while Turner has still been developing these past three or four years. Um, from what I'm hearing from NBA writers and other reports is that Turner and Oladipo could really be trade assets this offseason. You know, trading Oladipo as a expiring contract this year and Turner, who is still this young guy that can maybe in a different situation can be... He doesn't have to be a star. Like, let's say if he's traded to, um, I don't know, the Warriors for the trade exception. Um, he's a guy that can add some value quickly and is not a young guy that has to adapt to the NBA. He's a guy that can be placed at the five. He can stretch the floor. He's athletic enough to protect the pain and maybe even defend out in the perimeter. So, it's just that his development so far with Indiana just hasn't been to what they expected it to be. You know, Sabonis at this point is way better than Turner. And, at, you know, Miles really hasn't figured out who he is on the court. Uh, do they wait after the season to really figure out with it Oladipo since they never really be able to sign a big free agent for being a small market in Indiana? You know, there's a lot of big questions for Indiana, especially with this new coach um, do they try to figure it out this season with the new coach, like like a Philly team who just got a new coaching staff? Are they trying to figure it out there um, and then make decisions on roster changes? But, you know, there's a lot of questions with that. Uh, next on my list is the, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, do the Nets make one more power move to get a third star? They're already gonna. They're already gonna have to compete with other teams to sign Joe Harris, who is a restricted free agent this offseason, and is someone that a team like the Knicks should value a lot. Um, a shooter that played in the World Cup not too long ago, and can be there in crunch time to hit big threes for them. Um, he's someone that has grown a lot since his young Cleveland days, um, a couple of years ago, and. You know, Joe Harris is one of the, he's not a household name by any regard, but he is a guy that is very valuable in today's NBA. He is a shooter and a shooter that can shoot from anywhere, right? He can shoot from the corner. He can shoot from the top of the key. He can shoot from the wings. He is consistent. Um, he moves without the ball. And just his skill set is so much needed it's so needed in, in today's nba and for a team like the nets who don't really have too much shooting other than kd and kyrie um you know lavert isn't really a knockdown shooter dinwiddie is more of a shot creator playmaker type 
And then they don't really have bigs that really stretch the floor. Like I don't like Kuroks is okay. Um, do I see him playing big minutes in big playoff games? I can't say for sure right now, but for a, a really good shooter, really solid shooter like Joe Harris, um, he's a guy that could be overpaid, but for what he does on the court can really work for them. But you know, enough about Joe Harris. I feel like I've talked about Joe Harris for a good minute now. Um, but my biggest question for the Nets, like, do they really believe that this team healthy can make it to the finals? I mean, it's when you sign Kyrie and Katie and, and sign Steve Nash, um, you're not playing for the second round. You're playing for the Eastern Conference Finals. You're playing for an NBA championship at this point. Um, do they make some crazy trade with Levert or Allen? Jared Allen to make us to get a star back. Kyrie and Katie obviously have been very vocal about DeAndre Jordan and being, you know, that's their guy, that's their vet, you know, that's the guy they're gonna rock with as as he's been a really close friend with them. Is he better than Jared Allen? I wouldn't say so. But you know, the Kyrie and Katie are gonna be running the show. So if they're gonna ask the general manager to trade. Dinwiddie or Lavert or Allen, like they're gonna do it, and you know I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to gun for someone. Um, maybe they're a team that looks for a trade deadline trade. You know, maybe it's for example, maybe we're halfway through the season and you know someone's not working out. Maybe Lavert. Um, is is in this six man role but it's not working out or he's being lost on offense with Kyrie and Katie on the floor and he just can't adjust because he's a guy that needs a ball in his hands at this point of his career to have an impact and maybe he improves his value and they can get a star from trading Levert and some assets um you know, it'll just be interesting to see. I don't think they really make a big trade in the offseason. I'm sure they're just trying to re-sign Joe Harris and maybe draft a guy. But I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make a move during next season. Um, And then the last on the list for trades and rumors is obviously the Bucks. Uh, You know, what are the Bucks' plans for keeping Giannis? They need to show that Milwaukee is still a, a legit place for him to win other than, you know, the other teams that are playing a shoe for him like Dallas or or Toronto or you know even Miami. And we've all seen those rumors of these teams that are literally gearing up for 2021, like how teams are gearing up for Kevin Durant or gearing up for LeBron James in 2018. Um you know, these teams are going to be gearing up for Giannis to move and if Milwaukee doesn't make that big trade or make that big move to help Giannis and and keep him in Milwaukee, um, then he's gonna leave. You know, he's he is the type of guy that might not leave. He's very loyal. He's got this Kobe mentality in terms of, you know, or MJ mentality in terms of not trying to jump ship or, you know, he wants to win for Milwaukee I think he really does care about the city and being here and winning one for the Bucks but if again they they end this season 
in a disappointing way. They've already gave money to Bledsoe and, and Middleton. And that really isn't enough still. They couldn't even get past the Heat. Um, who knows if they were able to get past the Celtics if they played them or Toronto. Um, since they were almost swept by the Heat, you know? You know, what is the move that really convinces Giannis to that Milwaukee is, is all in on him? Um, the CP3 trade rumor was, it was a rumor right after they got eliminated from the playoffs, which actually feels like so long ago. But, you know, situations really have to work out for that trade to go through. Uh, are the Thunder willing to take on whatever they're getting back? I highly doubt they add Middleton to that trade. It would have to be something like Bledsoe. And some other contract to make it work. Um, but but they've paid Bledsoe in his last extension, and I don't think the Thunder would want to take on that contract. Especially if they have Shea Gilgis Alexander there playing point guard. I don't think the Bucks have enough valuable assets to offer the Thunder for them to take on the Bledsoe contract. I don't think Bledsoe's contract is very valuable right now. And you know, looking back on it, it was a huge mistake to let Brogdon just walk away and then just sign Bledsoe for that amount of money, who on offense can't really make a shot. Um, he clogs the paint for Giannis. And on defense, he was great. He made an all-defensive team this year. It's just, it's not working out on offense, you know? Um, so the Bucks really just need a plan for keeping Giannis. That's really the biggest thing. And I guess lastly, you know, talking about these free agents, um, it's one, you know, looking on the, at the list of free agents this year, it's one of the worst free agent years in a while. The only big, big star in this class is Anthony Davis, but we all know he's going to re-sign with the Lakers unless he just pulls, <laughs> pulls something crazy, but that's not going to happen. Out of all the free agents in this year, the one who actually has the highest payroll is Gordon Hayward at $31 million. You know, he is the highest paid free agent uh, this past year. And a lot of the free agents this year will most likely take their player option only because of how much money they'll earn. Guys like Otto Porter, who is actually one of the top five um, in most expensive contracts for these uh, these free agents like the top five are Gordon Hayward, Paul Millsap on thirty million, Demar Derozan who has a player option at twenty seven million, who, which he'll, he'll probably take. Otto Porter at twenty six million, he's definitely taking that player option because who else is going to be paying him that much money? Andre Drummond uh, for twenty five million, he's probably going to take that player option. He's not going to get that money anywhere else. And then it goes Anthony Davis, Hassan Whiteside. Batum has a player option for $24 million. He's definitely taking that. Um, and then it's just a bunch of, you know, some vets. A lot of veteran players who have been on good teams. Um, you know, when you look at the free agents this year, there are not a lot of names we all... There are a lot of names we all know, but they aren't exactly stars that will change the direction of some teams. Uh, what this free agent list does have are guys that can really be great additions to good teams looking to get uh, to the next level. 
I guess I'm going to use the Warriors for example again. Uh, my Warriors are one of the most interesting teams ending this offseason with their number two pick. Uh, maybe Wiggins as a trade asset. Uh, the Wolves pick next year that they got in the D'Lo trade and this trade exception of $17 million that they can use. But they are also able to sign a nice veteran maybe for the mid-level exception or a smaller contract like that and a vet like that that can help them this season. Um, you know, really looking for a big man. Uh, all the big men we have on our roster are Looney and Marquise Chris. And maybe we draft a guy like Wiseman or on Yeko Kongwu or something like that, right? There's a lot of bigs, veteran bigs in this in this free agent class. Uh, Sergi Baca, uh, Mark Gasol, Tristan Thompson, Paul Millsap, all guys that could sign for less money maybe. Um, or veteran guard like Jeff Teague, Goran Dragic. Uh, there's a plethora of guys like that in this class and seeing them sign to, you know, these contenders that have a little bit of money left that can sign them. Maybe it gives some teams, you know, reason to really gun for the NBA finals. A guy, even like Danilo Gallinari, uh, Derek favors, um, Ken Bazemore, Evan Turner, Evan Fournier, who has a player option who might decline it. Who knows? Uh, Marcus Morris, um let's see, i'm just like looking at this list uh mo harkless who can be a solid guy andre roberson fred van fleet he's he's an unrestricted free agent some team may even like overpay him uh who need a point guard or maybe toronto resigns him but is he a max guy how much money is he gonna get that's all that's all up to question. Uh, a guy like DJ Augustine, uh, Jay Crowder, who's an unrestricted free agent, who's only 30 years old. I thought he's like 32 or 33, which is interesting. Um, and then there's some young guys, you know, Josh Jackson, uh, Montrez Harrell is an unrestricted free agent. So a lot of guys who, oh, Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines is a big guy for the warriors that i've heard stories and reports about that he can sign um and, and could be a solid addition so a lot of these guys who are just average guys some really solid vets um some average guys that that can make an impact on a really good team those are the guys that are in this free agent class which still makes this free agent class very interesting because a guy like Derek favors or tristan thompson signing with the Warriors or signing with with Boston or these kind of fringe teams uh, looking to make that jump. Uh, maybe the Jazz or the Nuggets, you know. Maybe a guy like that can really add some rebounding or defense or some shooting, extra shooting or maybe an extra ball, ball handler. Something like that can go a really long way, especially when a long season and big playoff series with guys that have experience. So, uh, this free agent class, this offseason is going to be really interesting, even if it's not as, as exciting with, you know, a big free agent uh, fish that everyone's trying to catch or a big tr uh, draft uh, guy that everyone's trying to get or trade up for or, or, you know, there's no consensus number one pick. 
So everything is going to be really fun to see how it all unfolds in the next month. We have the draft in less than 30 days. I'm going to be doing a lot more research, a lot more trade rumors and everything like that. So stay tuned. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please give us a follow on Twitter at dishes and dimes. Um, the letter N. So at dishes and dimes. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast. Please, please, please follow us and keep yourself updated. And yeah, so hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, until next time, peace, stay safe, and have a good one.